I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 335. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes it's good to discover new truths. Other times it's a good idea to meditate on the stuff we know we know. But sometimes we forget because we rehearse the other stuff more than the stuff we know we know. You know? Well, hopefully we can all get on the same page using Phil Wickham's song, Great Things, to launch us into scripture. But before we get to all of that, let's listen. people who wrote their own song about the great things God had done. And God saw fit to include it in his holy word to be passed down to generation after generation of his faithful followers, his precious children, you and me. So Psalm 126, it might only be six verses, but it is packed full of truth that we can meditate on. In fact, meditating on scripture is a Bible interaction tool exercise I use frequently. And I call these exercises bites, and I share them with you each week on the podcast to equip you as you take on the challenge of reading God's word for yourself. And when I say meditate, I don't mean emptying my mind in some new age practice. I mean the age old practice of filling my mind with God's word and then thinking about it, pondering it, letting it roll around a bit, maybe even talking about it with my husband or with my kids or with my friends or to myself. I talk to myself. I don't know about you. But in order to better meditate on Psalm 126 this week, I paired meditation with the bites of repetition, reading in a variety of translations, and listening to an audio version of the text. It's super easy to do. So in the morning, you throw an audio version of the text. It's six verses. It really will just take a minute or two to listen to Psalm 126. And then maybe tomorrow, try a different audio, a different translation still listening it to it on audio and then maybe pull out your favorite translation mark up the text a little bit in the book in your bible or print it out and mark it up but it's it's a way to read it and reread it and listen to it and re-listen to it until you can i mean in in six verses you could almost even commit it to memory now with shorter psalms or chapters or stories within god's word it's just easy 
too easy, honestly, to just read it and then move on and really miss what it has to offer. And so that's why it's good to stop and meditate on things sometimes. And I've encouraged you on other episodes to read larger chunks of scripture. I've even encouraged you to read and keep on reading. And I get that. This is just a different way to mix it up a little bit. Soak in smaller chunks periodically read larger chunks periodically. There's no right or wrong reason, a right or wrong way to, to go about it. It's just taking a bite out of scripture and use these different um, exercises to help you do that. So the reason I chose Psalm 126 was because of verse three. It says, the Lord has done great things for us. and We are glad. <laughs> and uh, this statement is made in the midst of a psalm of ascent. And perhaps you've always wondered what that meant, the Song of Ascent. So I went to one of my trusted resources, gotquestions.org, and this is what I've discovered. Now, that's another bite, by the way, consult an outside resource. But I I always say, do that after you've pondered it on your own for a bit. So don't just read, ask the question, then jump into another resource. Really kind of think about it. Um, think about the psalm itself before you go consulting outside resources. I'm going to go ahead and link to the article in the show notes. Uh, you can always find the show notes on my website at michellekneesat.com. This week's show notes are uh, forward slash 335. Or if you head over to michellekneesat.com and subscribe once, then you can get every week's show notes conveniently emailed to your inbox once a week. But basically, the songs of ascent could be compared to like a modern day playlist. My daughter has a playlist that she likes to play when we're boating on the lake. It's mostly country music with references to boating or being on the water with friends. But this particular playlist of Song of Ascents was assembled for Jews traveling to Jerusalem for one of the three main annual Jewish festivals. So Emily also has a road trip playlist that she put together last year. It reminds her of this group of friends that went to the lake with her. And honestly, when she listens to it, it brings up memories that they made that summer. I imagine this playlist worked the same way for the the Jews traveling to Jerusalem. Remember that year when we went and we were singing Psalm 126 and -and so-and-so said such and such, and that was really a turning point in my life. I can really picture it. I, I really can. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I remind you that music is powerful, and if harnessed, it can help us remember truths of Scripture as effectively as it reminds us of that summer lake trip with friends. So let's take a moment to consider the theme of each song in this Song of Ascent's playlist before we dive into the one that we've chosen to focus on today. So Psalm 120 is God's presence during distress. Psalm 121 is joyful praise to the Lord. Psalm 122 is a prayer for Jerusalem. Psalm 123 is patience for God's mercy. Psalm 124 is help comes from the Lord. Psalm 125, prayer for God's blessing upon his people. Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things. Psalm 127, God's blessing on man's efforts. Psalm 128, joy for those who follow God's ways. And then a cry for help to the Lord, a prayer of repentance, surrender as a child to the Lord. God's sovereign plan for his people, Psalm 133, praise of brotherly fellowship and unity, and then finally, Psalm 134, 
praise to God in his temple. This list is going to be in that article that I'm going to link to in the show notes. So you can go back and grab that. You don't have to take notes on it. Uh, But isn't it interesting? That's a road trip playlist, right? So let's pull out the one link to our song today, Psalm 126. And as I just read, the theme of this psalm is the Lord has done great things. And so as we sing along with Phil Wickham, we can know that God's people throughout the ages sang about God's greatness um, throughout their lifetimes as well. So let's read in verse one. Uh, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, that is in the English Standard Version, uh, but let me just summarize that. He's done great things. And so let's take this Psalm verse by verse to get you, um, to get your meditative juices flowing. I know that God will show you even more if you give him the chance. So don't just take this podcast and go, okay, I've studied Psalm 126. I really want you to do it on your own. I can't wait to hear what God's going to show you in that time. So verse one, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Now, a verse like this sometimes throws us because we're not really sure what they're singing about. We're not absolutely sure of the fortunes that are being restored. We can't remember what Zion stands for. And that's where reading in a variety of translations can help. Because in the New Living Translation, it says, When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Ah, okay. I know what an exile is. And oh, yeah, that's right. Zion is another word for Jerusalem, which is synonymous with the city of God. It's a place that God loves, the place where he instructed the temple to be built. It's his dwelling place. Now, whenever, uh, whether you are sure of the specific captivity that the psalmist is referring to, you can still picture what captivity is like, right? You're in some sort of bondage and the Lord frees you and restores you to his presence. So when you back away from the verse and kind of think about big picture, what does it mean? If Even if I don't really know what it's like to be in that group who wrote that song, um, I'm pretty sure when Phil Wickham sings it, he's thinking of different things than when you sing it than when I sing it. So every song kind of has that power. So back away from it and kind of picture, big picture, what does it mean? Now, under the new covenant in the New Testament, we are temple. We are the temple of the presence of God. So there's not like a, we don't have to go to Jerusalem anymore to go visit the temple to be, you know, for God's presence to be there. As believers, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And in the New Testament, Zion also refers to God's spiritual kingdom. So while Zion was a real place to those people singing, it was Jerusalem, it was a real place. uh, We can kind of, again, back away from it a little bit and see what it means big picture. So it wouldn't be far off to say that when we sing along with Phil Wickham, as we sing about the great things that God has done, it's pretty dreamy. I mean, pinch me, but God redeemed me and filled me with his presence. That's worth singing about, don't you think? And this psalmist does. And the song song goes on to say this. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. (laughs) It was like a dream when God freed us from doubt. It was like a dream when the chains of addiction have broken free. It was like a dream when my sin was removed from me as far as the east is from the west. 
So it is perfectly natural to be filled with laughter and in response, sing and shout for joy. Um, I attended a, a Crowder concert recently. Yes, I know. A real live outdoor, socially distant, but very much live concert. That in itself was a dream, but boy, does Crowder sing for joy. The energy that he and his band has is amazing. And then you you weave into that the thread of the story of the prodigal being welcomed home. It, that, that theme kind of permeates much of his music. Sitting out in the audience, I could easily come to the conclusion, the Lord has done great things for him. And yet the next verse is this, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And I felt that way in that concert. From the outside looking in, I could discern that the Lord has done great things for that man. But then as I continued to sing along with myself and to let it sink in, that everything that he sings about is true of me too, then I could declare the same. The Lord has done great things for me and I am glad. Now, a few more thoughts from this section, but the laughter and the singing and the shouting for joy drew the attention of the nations. And that is God's intent, uh, that the great things he does will draw the attention of the lost and our testimony will shine like a light in the darkness and it will draw others to him. And it sounds a lot to me like Jeremiah 33 in uh, beginning in verse seven, it says, I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me, and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I provide for it. Okay, so when this psalmist or when these Jews or when we sing along, sing about God restoring their fortunes, they're singing the very words that God had declared in his word. When they sing, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev, God said it already. So they were just declaring the the truth of God's word from written and recorded in in Jeremiah, the prophecy um, from Jeremiah. Now, when it says the Negev, the Negev is another way of saying or spelling the Negev with a, it's either B or V, which is a desert wilderness. It's a physical place uh, in the Middle East. And so streams in this desert bring back life and prosperity, just like the Lord promised. So it's kind of a metaphor. And then finally, this psalm ends with these thoughts about sowing and reaping. It says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, I want to mention one last outside resource. Uh, I invested in The Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon. Um, It's several volumes, and it basically covers all of the Psalms. And uh, verse verse by verse, it gives an expository commentary on it, and then also kind of helps with, if you're a teacher of the Psalms, it gives you ideas there too. Uh, it is several volumes again, though. So I purchased it on my Kindle app and it's like five bucks on the Kindle. And uh, that way I can have it with me. Even if I'm traveling, I can easily search it um, and I can, you know, make make notes and highlights and all that stuff. But it was written in the 1880s. Uh, but you're not going to believe me as I read this section because it feels like it could have been written in a blog post yesterday other than it doesn't have like a very modern language feel, of course, but the content, I mean, let me just go ahead and read it. 
he says, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Hence, present distress must not be viewed as if it would last forever. It is not the end by any means, but only a means to the end. Now, I don't know about you, but the distress that you are experiencing right now, um, if, if you are, if you are listening in 2020 when this episode is released, we're all globally experiencing the distress of the COVID-19 pandemic and the fallout from that. In addition to whatever other distress might befall you, because that's not the only thing. It's not like all distress, like, you know, shelved itself and only made room for COVID. Um, but let me keep reading from Spurgeon. Sorrow is our sowing. Rejoicing shall be our reaping. If there were no sowing in tears, there would be no reaping in joy. If we were never captives, we could never lead our captivity captive. Our mouth had never been filled with holy laughter if it had not been first filled with the bitterness of grief. We must sow. We may have to sow in, um, in the weather of sorrow, but we shall reap and reap in the bright summer season of joy. Let us keep to the work of this present sowing time, he says, and find strength in the promise, which is here so positivity, positively given us. Oh, that's so good. And he point, he goes on to point out the shall of the Lord here. It says, he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. All right, so what's next? Well, read and meditate on Psalm 126 for yourself. Use the bites of repetition and listening to an audio version and reading in a variety of translations to aid you in letting this psalm really sink in. And you may even choose to expand your study time into the entire Song of Ascents playlist. And by all means, sing for joy, for he has done great things. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. My public Facebook page is michellekneezat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-day music challenge yet, I highly recommend it. This is a challenge to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, however, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Christy from North Carolina, Melody from California, Jennifer from Oregon, Miley from Hawaii. I'm not sure if I pronounced that properly. Cheryl from Arkansas and Bambi from Ohio. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from that email that I talked about earlier that I send once a week where you'll get a memory verse resource and an email recap of the week's episode with all the links and all that stuff and instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using God So Loved by We the Kingdom to lead us to Scripture. 
If you like this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 335. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.